Hi, and welcome to the TSW podcast, providing insight from thought leaders, success stories, and practical mental and physical tips to help you on your journey to recovery with your host, Claire Hart. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the TSW podcast. I'm your host, Claire Hart. It's lovely to have you back listening today. Um, And I'm really excited to bring this episode to you. So I'm talking to Louise King and Jing Rui. Jing and Louise are the co-owners of the Skin Solace Clinic, which is based in Andover in the UK. And as many of you know who are regular listeners, I've been going for treatment there um, and I've just completed my 10th treatment. Um, I'm pleased to say that my skin is looking really, really good. Um, So in in a great place now and I'm ready to go back to work. So I guess as I've been going to treatment there, there's lots of tips and guidance that I've picked up both from the the nurses who work there but also Louise and Jing and that's really what today's episode is about is Jing and Louise talking through everything they've learned from seeing hundreds of clients um, to enable you to take away some of these tips and apply them whether or not you're going through treatment so it's just lots of practical interesting insights that hopefully will help everybody listening to the show today. So we cover things such as healing protocols. So what can you do? What have they seen that expedites healing? Flare triggers, guidance for summer, because obviously we're coming into summer in the Northern Hemisphere. So what things can you think about just to keep TSW a little bit calmer? Um, We talk about treatment at the clinic um, and what to expect if you do decide to go. Uh, We talk about behavior change and how that's incredibly important as you start healing from TSW. And we also talk about some of the safe products that they found, which are supported for TSW. So lots of great things, and hopefully that will be really helpful. Some of the products, because Louise and Jing are quite well known in the community, they have some discount codes available. So all of that will be available in the show notes for you to use. Um, Just so you're aware, (laughs) towards the very end of the podcast, um, Zoom just closed and shut out so I had to reconnect with Louise the following day and just close off some of the questions I had submitted from the community so forgive that there's a a funny little reintroduction with Louise and yeah what else do I need to let you know I guess the only other thing you know I want to make it really clear obviously like I mentioned I'm in treatment at the clinic Um, I consider Louise and Jing friends now after you know spending so much time talking to them Um, so I wanted to make that clear Um, And we also cover off, you know, how natural healing works and how you absolutely will heal, you know, whether or not you've got access to a clinic like this one. So, you know, do not feel that you have to go and get treatment. You will heal. So, you know, don't lose faith. And then my final message for today is just as always, if you like the podcast and you're enjoying some of the updates that we're giving and the the people and guests that we have on, please do subscribe. It helps us a lot. Um, And also please do share the episode with anybody else that you're connecting to. Um, If you could share the social media posts, that would be really helpful just so we can spread awareness um, for everybody. All right. Well, Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this episode and feel free to send me any feedback. All right, take care, guys. Bye-bye. Jing, Louise, welcome to the TSW podcast. Lovely to have you both with us today. Um, Welcome back, Louise. I I know we spoke right at the beginning of the podcast. So yeah, and, and Jing, lovely to have you on. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having me back, Claire, as well. <laughs> yeah, we are really excited. So it would be great to just sort of kick off, as I always do the podcast, um, just kind of having a general update on, on how you're doing and how's your skin and how's your recovery going? Hmm, not too bad, I think. So I was facing a flare about a month ago. Um, and it was quite a long flare and it was triggered by like anxiety and stress. But I'm coming out of it really well now. Mm. Yeah, my skin is clearing up, just feel like just flaky right now and doing pretty well for myself. Um, yeah, I mean, um, it's been quite hard for you, especially over the mm, winter, I think, yeah. because it was Jing's first winter in the UK or a winter at all. And yeah. I think British people are quite accustomed to the seasons whereas Singaporean people don't have seasons so that, that hit you quite hard mm. um myself as well my skin is um not the best it's ever been but it's um it's not bad um it's definitely battled the cold as well and um I do notice that I'm a bit of a stress scratcher so I've got some common areas especially my arms and wrists which are um top scratching areas it's interesting, isn't it, when you know, I think we were talking about this the other day, um, where you have like that little spot that you go to really quickly when you're feeling anxious and then you realise you're doing it. And for me particularly, it's my wrists, like that little bit just mm-hmm. at the top of, I guess, where, where the red sleeve syndrome would kind of end. I find that particularly my spot to scratch when I'm feeling a bit stressed out. Yeah, same. I mean, that's my spot as well, Claire, to be fair. So maybe it's it's common for TSW people. Yeah, maybe we need to have like nice little wrist guards or something, like little sweatbands that go there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I feel a business idea coming on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, Jing, I know, you know, but obviously I spoke to Louise in detail at the beginning of the podcast series, but I'd love to have a bit of your background and a bit of your journey so far with TSW. Um, so we can just bring the listeners up to speed. Sure. Um, well, I grew up with childhood eczema. I developed eczema when I was a baby. And actually, ironically, I developed it in the UK. So my dad was studying in the UK and I was a baby then and he brought me over. And I think, again, probably with the drier climate, I, I developed some rash and um, they brought me to the doctors. I was started on steroid creams and like paraffin-based moisturizers then. And of course, I developed uh, topical steroid addiction. I use topical steroids every single day throughout my childhood um, until I was about 18 years old. And it was just getting worse and worse and I did not know what was wrong. Somehow deep in my gut, I knew that it was the steroid creams that was making it worse. So I stopped. And of course it just blew up like crazy. I was hospitalized, put on a very strong dose of oral steroids, antibiotics. And the moment I came off everything, it just spiraled down. So I have stopped using topical steroids for about 11 years now. Um, and I am a rather severe case because of my history of topical steroid use. Um, but yeah, I'm doing a lot better thanks to you know discovering this treatment about two years ago. Um, my life is more or less back. Um, I can do normal things like a person, like just any other normal person now. Um, 
yeah, of course, there are a few things I can't do, like maybe jump straight into the sea. <laughs> um, but honestly, I'm actually quite happy with where I am right now. Um, yeah, so that has been my journey. It's been a long time. Um, and that's so interesting, Jin, because I don't think I've spoken to anybody who's kind of had that extent of longevity from from being a baby as well. Like I, I know I kind of started at three, but um, being a, a baby, and do you know kind of what strength of steroids you were using throughout that whole period? Did they slowly increase in potency? Um, my earliest memory would be sometime in primary school age, maybe when I was about seven. Um, I was already using class two steroids, like strong ointments. I was using something called Elomet and Betamethasone. So I think it was the equivalent of Elocon okay. ointment over here. Um, so even at a young age, it was already that strong. And I was applying it twice a day and all over my body. So... Yeah, I, it probably increased in potency up till I was seven. And then from seven, I was just using the same one over and over again. Um, at some point, they did introduce Elidel to me, which is a protopic. Um, but I don't think I use that very often. So I think I was lucky that I did not have like much of a protopic withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are you, are you still in contact with your doctor in Singapore or dermatologist? Or have you just kind of stepped away from Western medicine entirely? Um, yeah, so ever since I was 18 and when I stopped, I just stopped going back to Western medication. Um, yeah, so I've not been in touch with any dermatologist ever since then. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll come on to talk about that a little bit later and kind of the ongoing relationship with with our doctors and dermatologists, which is always, always an interesting <laughs> balance. Um, but I'd love to talk about how you guys met. And obviously, we're going to come onto the clinic, which is really exciting, and, and we'll dive into the technology. Um, but yeah, how did you guys meet? And how did the clinic come about? Yeah, um, so I moved to Singapore to go and get treatment in a treatment center over there. And it was the first time I'd ever heard of anything that could aid the recovery of TSW in that way. Um, and I met Jing as she was working in the clinic over there. Um, and she kind of helped get me set up um, with like where to live in Singapore because it was a big jump from the UK. So we met in that way and then we just kind of became fast friends. And I'd moved over there with Jasmine and was filming the documentary, which is still ongoing. Um, and so kind of our, me and Jazz's housemate, who was Singaporean, the four of us became quite good friends. And <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, we had a good time. I spent about three months in Singapore. Mm. And then towards the end of Singapore, my I was supposed to be out there for six months plus treatment-wise, but I knew that... It was a passion even going out there to have something like that in the UK. So I left, ended up leaving early, halfway through my treatment plan, because I knew me and Jing were going to set something up over here, which sounds a hell of a lot easier than it was. It was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, yeah. But we, so we've been through a lot together. Mm. It took us about a year to set up the clinic here. Um, and it really tested our friendship and, and mm. even now, like how, learning to be business partners and friends at the same time. But um, we still have a lot of fun. It's interesting because you mentioned, obviously, that you were there for three months expecting to go through um, an additional three months. But 
you know, COVID hit and obviously a long way away from family and friends and stuff over here. Um, how did it feel kind of leaving your treatment at three months knowing, because I've obviously seen the pictures on Instagram, that your skin got to a really great place, was looking amazing. And Jing, I, I don't know about for yourself as well at that point, but to know you're stepping away from the technology for a bit. How, how did you guys feel about that? Yeah, it was really hard, actually. Um, I got quite bad depression when I came back because, like, I think with TSW, you get used to feeling better. And then when you go back into a flare, it can feel like the worst thing in the world, even if it's not close to where it's been before. And I had really reacted to pollen coming back in the UK, which is a common theme for me anyway. Um, so learning to not be as mobile and not be able to run every day and kind of being thrust back into that lifestyle. Um, and at the same time, having to set up a business and knowing that the the machines, the technology was coming, but it was like waiting for that to happen and having to, to go through all of these loops and hoops to get there. Um, it was a really strange time, to be yeah. fair. It was yeah. a difficult time. Yeah. And on the other side of it, looking at Lou go through this, it was very, very tough for me as well because I saw her, yeah, going through the depression, the helplessness. And I guess it was hard for me because I could, I didn't know what else I could do for mm. Lou. And, but in the end, it also strengthened our resolve to bring it over. And we really wanted this to happen really quick. It just reminded us of all the people who are just waiting for this to happen, uh, who really need it over here. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was a really good motivation for us as well, like to quickly yeah. expedite the whole process. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Like even from, you know, obviously my own experience kind of coming off of cyclosporin and knowing I had to wait like six weeks before I could come and see you guys um you know that like urgency I was like counting down those days till I could come and get treatment with you guys because you do like there is the panic and every day I could see my skin getting worse and worse and by the time I got to be able to come in and see you guys oh, it was in a really bad way like I remember like not being you know not wanting to look anybody in the eye by that point again like it had deteriorated to that point where it was just getting yeah like crushing so I can imagine you know having like Lou that picture of your skin where you're sandwiching and someone else on the other side in a restaurant or something and your skin is like glowing like looking so oh. good <laughs> do you know like have to face into that is scary it really is yeah and um and then it was kind of about nine months later after leaving Singapore that I think the machines came to the UK um, and then I could start seeing myself get better and a bit more mobile. Um, and it's, TSW is a strange thing, as you know, Claire, and many of the lis listeners, is that you can absolutely heal naturally from TSW. There is no doubt about that. And actually, the amount of times we say that in the clinic, on calls, um, even with press, you know, the, the main thing with TSW is giving up steroids. But for me, having something to aid that recovery was really important. And it's it's always, it's been a bit of a mind game for me, just knowing that I have something that can help with the wound healing and help with the flare control and, and kind of smooth things along. Um, so, yeah, I feel quite proud of what we've done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You should. You should. And I 
I feel the same and Jing you probably feel the same where it's like I just I just need the support <laughs> knowing that yes. I am doing absolutely everything I can to get myself in a better mm. state um, and be able to go back to work and operate um, the way yeah. I used to um, so so talking about that obviously we've kind of spoken now about the claim but let, let's talk about the technology and how it works and you know I'm sure lots of people want to to understand that yeah so the technology is called called atmospheric plasma um, so it's a very big misconception that it's a laser or that it's light therapy. It's actually very different from that. So it's really hard to describe. Lots of people get confused when I describe it. Uh, until you've seen it, you then you can't really understand it. So, well, plasma is um, the fourth state of matter. So you have like solid, liquid, and gas, and then you have ionized gas. So when a gas passes through a very high heat, it ionizes and becomes something called plasma. So a natural occurrence for like plasma is basically lightning. So we put this plasma through a machine. Um, it delivers through a wand and the wand touches your skin. And then we just put the wand on all the affected areas and that helps the skin to increase its regeneration rate. So that is basically how it works. So there are several functions for the machine. So firstly, yes, increasing your regeneration rate. So you heal faster. The second one is that it can kill bacterial and fungal infections. And last one is it has a very um, micro exfoliating effect. So it can get rid of hardened skin or elephant skin for you. So these are the three main functions for TSW skin. Amazing. Amazing. As soon as you said um, uh, ionized, I was like, okay, my brain can't keep up anymore. <laughs> that sounds... Cannot compute. <laughs> Um, and I, you know, I, obviously, you know, before I came in, I did a lot of due diligence, kind of reading white papers about uh, about this treatment and how its application has been used for wound treatment. So tell me a little bit about about that and kind of where you've seen or, or heard of this kind of being used for wound treatment in other applications other than TSW. Um, so there are different types of plasma machines. There are contact versus non-contact plasma um there is cold plasma there's hot plasma so um in terms of wound healing like diabetic chronic wounds and larger wounds that go deep into the skin um usually that's like non-contact um and for like re skin rejuvenation as well most machines are non-contact plasma so that is the difference between our machine and other machines used for different purposes um, and the power also makes a difference. So the power has to be high enough in uh, machines for wound healing and for TSW skin so that the regeneration rate is sustained for several days. Um, and as for skin rejuvenation, anti-aging, like treating fine lines and wrinkles, the power is usually lower um, simply because yeah, it's not like a wound that you have to heal. It's just to strengthen the skin and bring back the elasticity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so these are the main applications for the skin, um, and I guess plasma in general has been researched for agriculture. Um, it's been shown that plasma infused water, when used to water plants, um, they grow faster and they also are less likely to get diseases. Mm -hmm. So that's for agriculture. <laughs> And then also that's in food packaging, like sterilization. So all sorts, it's all being um, researched right now. Mm, 
very interesting. I love that. I see yeah. myself as a little it's plant cool. being regenerated when I come in. Um, so let's talk about kind of what, what people experience. Like, obviously, I, I know what the treatment is like because I've experienced it myself. But do you guys want to talk through kind of as someone new coming into the clinic? What, what How would they feel? What does it, it what's the experience like? Well, we try to make that experience as comfortable as we can and as soothing and relaxing as we can. Um, so as they come in, our therapist will bring them up to the treatment room. Um, they get changed into a towel. Um, we also take pictures of the skin to track um, the progress of each patient. And after that, they lie on a treatment bed and the therapist pro- uh, performs the treatment on them. So on the face, it can feel quite hot, sensitive, stingy. However, over time, you do get used to the sensation on the face and it becomes quite comfortable. I personally quite enjoy it. And from the neck down, it's just a bit warm. So it's kind of like a warm hand. Like certain areas feel like a nice massage, like kind of like a hot stone massage, you know. Yes. Um, so that's how I think about it. I don't know if your experience is different. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I quite like getting a treatment done to be fair and mm. these days me and Jing don't really have regular treatments uh, yeah. even though that we should um, <laughs> because it's here um, but I think you know people come to our clinic um, we've got our lead nurse Ben who will do kind of a markup and just double check there's no infections going on because there's a lot of infections walking through the door I must say um, and I think I think we kind of envelope people with like love and support while they're here um, we've got two nurses that have TSW and that definitely helps that kind of wraps up what they know medically and and with TSW as well so the experience of coming to into the clinic is uh, obviously physically getting the treatment done but also wrapped up in a lot of um, monitoring progress um, monitoring what's going on when clients leave the clinic and what do they need to do because there's lots of tips and tricks that we've picked up along the way that can really make the difference yeah I can completely echo everything you guys have said there I mean as, as you both know when I arrived I mean I was in pieces and to just be with people who understood and I didn't need to explain anymore or feel like I had to justify why I was coming off steroids um but also to know I was now proactively doing something that wasn't taking cyclosporin or a hardcore drug. Um, it it fe- felt like a lovely hug, like actually physically from the community instead of just virtually, which had always been really helpful. But yeah, to be there in person was incredible. So yeah, I'm so, as you know, incredibly grateful that you guys opened the clinic to bring this to the UK. Um, and I know a lot of your other clients feel that too. Um, and what I would say as well, it's, it's so incredibly nice bumping into other people from the community who you recognize through Instagram or Facebook and you're there and you're like, oh, hey, how are you doing? And uh, having a chat and just hearing about how other people are progressing and yeah, how they're coping with their journey. So the whole thing has been, yeah, healing in many different ways for me. Oh, brilliant. We're glad to hear it, Claire. Thank yeah. you. And I'm sure the community kind of want to hear this around timeline. So if, you know, say someone coming in, so my 
circumstance you know when we did the review Louise you were kind of saying actually you're quite severe at this point so someone who's in a, a severe state where actually their skin is incredibly inflamed a lot of their body is covered there's oozing going on how many treatments would someone be looking at until you know they're pretty much sort of functioning holistically again or is it just varied and you can't really say I'll just say quickly at this point is that we have to be clear about natural TSW um, kind of healing times and timescales. So like Dr. Rappaport, who I know you've spoken to, Claire, had said that averagely you're looking at three to five years for a TSW healing time. So obviously like Jing, you can go way over that and lots of people that we know, six, seven, eight years. Um, so bearing in mind that you've got an average healing time of three to five years. Um, this treatment isn't a cure. There's, there's no cure for TSW, which is a real shame, but it can kind of really um, shorten that healing time frame, And that's what I've kind of found with myself. And I know Jing will have a bit more to say about this. Mm, yeah, I would say most of our patients between six months to a year that they stay on treatment but whether they are fully healed, that's a separate story. So uh, most people would do treatment until they are at a point where they are happy with their skin. They feel like uh, they can more or less function without the treatment and then they kind of stop coming back. Um, so yeah, it really varies according to the severity. Um, it also depends on how many flare triggers you are exposed to. If you're always in a high stress environment, you always have lots of irritants in your environment, then the timeline will, of course, extend. And we've seen people who are lots more severe, but managing their skin really well. They heal like really, really quickly. Some who are less severe, but can't find out what their triggers are, they take even longer. So um, it's really hard to give a definite answer on like how long the timelines are. But yeah, in general, for people who are on treatment, happy to go off uh, between six months to a year. Yeah, it's um, it. I mean, we could spend hours talking about this. Um, it's it's really interesting. The one thing I've observed personally is that um, natural healing from TSW is, if you looked at it on a graph in terms of um, bad and good periods of skin, it's very up and down, especially with the NMT crew, which I I find is very a very natural form of healing from TSW it's very up and down flares are quite significant and then back to good skin and then very bad skin. Whereas we don't see that with people that come to the clinic, it seems to build some kind of stability. Um, and as it strengthens the skin, it's a lot more of a softer recovery, which in some cases, some people are, are happy to come and pay for. So when you talk about obviously, you know, six months to a year, that you start with weekly treatments and then you know as the skin gets better and better do you what's the sort of protocol that i'll let you talk through that so after you are stable on weekly treatments and you're about 80 to 90 percent better um then you can move down to once every 10 days you stay on treatment once every 10 days for a few months and then you move down to once every two weeks and then again, another few months and then three weeks and then one month and so on and so forth until you feel like you do not really need to come back. Um, so yeah, it, the idea is a gradual increase in um, time in between treatments where your skin is more independent. 
and yeah, have... obviously we've got some people who um like jasmine who had about three months of treatment and didn't come back and she's fine <laughs> so um in some cases that happens a lot more quicker that's really interesting and would you say um you know so say someone gets to you where they feel their skin is really good and they've gone through you know let's say four months worth of treatment or six months um and then later on if they did have a flare would you say come back or actually once you've got to quite a good stage you shouldn't need to come back that shouldn't really happen or are you guys still sort of testing and finding out as you're going along with patients um i think since the treatment what it does is it increases your skin cells regeneration rate so you may have a higher regeneration rate by the end of four months. However, the skin's thickness still needs time to rebuild. So at the four months, you might be healing faster. You are more resilient. However, if down the line, uh, maybe you, are, you encounter a really big flare factor and you flare up, um, coming back for treatment can help to bring the flare down a lot quicker than if not doing treatment. Um, so it's really up to the person, um, depending, on, again, on also... Other factors they have to consider, like the cost, the time of travel, um, whether they feel like they can just manage with just the serum alone, which can also help get over flares quicker. Um, or just naturally, to yeah. be fair. I mean, that's that's the game of TSW is if you flare, like my partner, Ben, who um, did NMT, is a massive NMT guy, um, and he just kind of lets his flares heal naturally and and they do because that's kind of the way it works so um we do have some people that come back and, yeah. and just want a few top-up treatments and some that don't and just yeah. get on so. yeah it's really up to each individual's choice really mm. yeah and it's um i have to just echo i mean ben when i saw him the other day in the clinic his skin is so beautiful like oh my god just glossy and glowy so huge testament to you you know natural healing also completely gets you there you know and um an nmt and that technique um yeah so you know beautiful skin so uh, i guess that you know we've talked a little bit there about flare triggers and stuff but you know since opening the clinic obviously you've seen lots of people coming through and kind of learned a lot more about um what, what kind of triggers a flare what can be irritating in the environment it'd be lovely to talk about that with you guys Mm. So flare triggers, um, well, Jay has put together a very comprehensive list of triggers. And Jay so the is, main ones. do you want to introduce oh, Jay? Jay? So Jay, he um, is basically, uh, well, he treated myself um, in the Singapore clinic. Um, he comes from Thailand. And um, basically how he discovered TSW was when he was working in a laser clinic in Thailand. And he noticed that the lasers were thinning his patient's skin. So together with his father-in-law, Dr. Chan Chai, they uh, developed the machine, the plasma machine. And the plasma machine was successful in reversing the thin skin from the lasers. And other types of thin skin just came up as cases. Um, so patients with TSW started coming to him and it was the plasma machine was successful in treating them. So more and more severe cases, TSW came over and then he just started learning about what TSW was from there. 
and he developed these theories that um, we both now use in the clinic. Um, so yeah, that is the background on Jay. Um, he has treated TSW for more than 15 years now. Um, so it is quite a bit of knowledge that we learned from him. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, he said that there was about five or six obvious um, flare factors in TSW. So um, you'll have to... Yeah, so it's alcohol, um, stress, whether physical or emotional stress, um, period flares, um, irritants and allergens. Sleep. Yeah, lack, lack of, of sleep, sleep or rest. I'm trying to think what the other one is. I'm sure there's about six of them. So you've got stress, alcohol, irritants and allergens, um, period flares, which we do see commonly in all women, which is a shame. Do you guys still experience the flares in your own cycles? So do you find that you get more itchy and hot and find your skin's breaking out in line with your cycle? Um, mine is just kind of stopped to be fair. Um, but I, I've just gone through a period of really high stress and my period was late. And then when I, I kind of stressed, just, um, I fled before that, that period. Um, and, but I mean, we do find we still, um, kind of react to the, the flare factors, especially emotional stress, I think is, is a massive one. Um, and it's something we see a lot in the clinic, which is a shame. It just kind of manifests emotional stress. If you don't find a way to get it out of the body, it seems to manifest into a flare, that hotness. Um, yeah. Mm, I do see that with TSW people, we have a special kind of anxiety. Um, I think we worry so much about flaring up um, and when we consume media online about skin triggers, it can be food, it can be the environment. There are so many things that we have to take note of that it causes this anxiety in us. And it actually, the anxiety itself causes us to flare rather than the things around us sometimes. So I think, yeah, that is one of the big flare factors as well that I personally experience even until now. I think I think you're completely right. I find exactly the same emotional triggers, period, alcohol, things such as like food triggers. You know, I know that's a big thing in the antihistamine diet and all of that stuff. Have you guys seen any of that or actually, you know, come and eat whatever you want to eat, nice diverse diet. And as long as you're, you know, being mindful about your nutrition, you should be all good. Yeah, so um, Jay, his advice was um, to avoid spicy foods, alcohol, kind of anything that can create a bit more heat inside the body. But I think unless you've got a known allergen, um, say to um, cow's milk, um, so dairy, or I think the one that we sometimes notice is tomatoes, mm. which is really strange. Yeah, um, That's sometimes come up. But generally, I think, um, from my experience, I can kind of eat what I want. Um, so I, 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 what I'm trying to do is, is, I think it's a shame that there's so much emphasis on this because it creates so much anxiety about what we eat. And often we found people that are really uptight and stressed when they come in here. And as soon as we say, you know, as long as you don't have an allergy, you can kind of just eat what you need to eat. You just need to have a really high protein intake. They kind of relax into it and get a lot better. 
so there's a lot of stress and anxiety around food yeah Yeah. gut health is something to explore but I think if we don't dive too deep especially at the start of TSW that's really interesting Louise and you you touched on there talking about protein and increasing protein and it'd be really interesting to know from you guys kind of what protocols you've seen support healing whilst you're going through treatment but could also be helpful for anybody not going through treatment um what you would recommend yeah for sure i think anything i'm about to mention is um for people coming to the clinic and not coming to the clinic so it's kind of hard fast rules for tsw um protein intake so the main building block of skin repair is protein skin repair isn't necessarily um built from fats or carbs so we do see in the clinic the difference between people that are getting the 70 80 grams of protein per day and the people that aren't getting enough Um, the people that aren't getting enough get a lot of fatigue a lot of um, physical fatigue and it's almost like their body is really like trying to um, repair itself and it doesn't have the tools that it needs so my number one rule is uh, make sure you're getting enough protein for sure even if you're vegan or vegetarian there's ways to get around it so really go for it and make that your your tool um and other other things that you can do to support healing i think trying to avoid really heavy moisturizers in early tsw so um, paraffin based if you are using a moisturizer and you feel hot um red and inflamed um i would avoid it i would um and the one thing that we see in the clinic a lot is hardened skin from moisturizer use and that's because a lot of moisturizers aren't built for tsw skin so tsw skin doesn't function the way that normal skin or even eczema skin would do and often the really heavy paraffin-based moisturizers end up sitting on top and over time can kind of compact and build a hardened layer. And that's probably harder to get rid of than TSW. Mm. It takes a long time. So, but I'm, I'm bearing in mind that moisturizers is a lot of comfort for people in TSW. So just be mindful of that. Um, going moisturizer free in three months of tsw was a bit of a game changer for me so Mm. definitely something to explore if you can Um, i would if you would really like to use moisturizers on the really hard days that's completely okay um some tips for using them like instead of leathering them on like on your whole entire affected area maybe just use them like spot treatment on certain areas that crack that really hurt and on good days, try to avoid them. Um, so that's one way of using moisturizers that re- like reduces the damage done to TSW skin. Mm-hmm. And of course, you yeah, are using um, like lighter moisturizers. Like um, the consistency of the moisturizer um, really uh, makes a difference. So let's say um, why the the reason why the CJ serum is not considered moisturizer is because of its consistency. Like it's very thin, very viscous, and it goes straight into the deeper layers of the skin. Whereas most moisturizers are like balms and lotions, and they are thicker. So um, that what's that's what causes the hardened skin. So pick something that's a lot lighter to use. Yeah. 
that's so interesting and um i you know i definitely overdid really heavy moisturizers at first because of the comfort perspective but jing i love that perspective of fine if if you want to use those on a on a tricky day just choose your choose your spots to use them on um that's really really great advice um and we'll come to CJ because I really want to talk a little bit about kind of how it works and, you know, how, how you use that to supplement recovery. But is it, you know, is there anything else that you would say, kind of things to think about um, from a protocol perspective? Yeah, for sure. Um, so acrylic nails. Um, I know that this isn't going to be a great advice for men. I mean, it can be. Um <laughs> if you want but um acrylic nails especially for ladies are a bit of a game changer so just softening up um those our scratching tool um can really make a difference actually um i hope you won't mind me saying this but one of our clients that came in she had gone to go and get her nails done and she'd asked her them to do like the thickest and she the thickest kind of um like squares so she she came in and she just had these like blocks i've never seen anything like it's like the most tsw thing i've ever seen i was like that's so funny um but they work so um yes in nails um and really being um conscious of the chemicals in day-to-day life that can be triggering um that has been just um, a bit of a an eye-opener for me um, so I have to wash everything so all of the towels in the clinic we have to wash um, using Ecova Zero so we've got like a whole list of products that we recommend and that we've kind of tried and tested because it's, a, it's just the chemicals and so many products are just just too strong for TSW skin so mm. I mean I'd be happy to share that list if it would help um, yeah that would be amazing <laughs> That would be amazing. Um, thank you for that. And, and, and like I, what I would say is like Nurse Ben, who I absolutely love, who has treated me many, many times in the clinic, said something which I found invaluable, which was that he was kind of looking at my stomach and was like, oh, so your stomach's healed really well. So what are you doing that's different from your stomach to how you treat your face? And I was like, oh, well, I probably like, you know, use a towel to like rub my face a bit like when I'm getting out of the shower and stuff and you know because it feels good and all that stuff and he was like well stop doing that like use you know either a muslin cloth or just a bit of cotton wool to dab your face with to dry it rather than you know using your towel as abrasion and that has been a game changer in my recovery in partnership with the clinic in that it's got rid of the red now and yes my skin's still dry and still healing but you know the actual irritation I was causing myself from this rubbing so yeah yeah definitely and actually we work with a lot of clients that come in um to reverse those habits because there's a lot of habits in tsw that we get into one of them is a lot of women and men sometimes like to rub off the flakes um even though flaking is such a good sign of healing it's not it's not a nice thing to to have on every day in day-to-day life um and a lot of people want to rub the flakes off, but the flakes are actually there to protect the skin underneath that's healing. So it's just just trying to change those habits, I think. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about C 
CJ and and how that works. And I know Jing, you just just mentioned about kind of um, that it sinks in deeper and it's a lot lighter. Um, so what you know, how does that how does that complement treatment or even just as a standalone product? Um, what what are your thoughts around that? So CJ um, is built for skin healing and regeneration, just like the treatment. Um, its main ingredients are amino acids which is the building block of the skin. It's basically proteins. And it also contains um, hyaluronic acid, um, vitamin K and B5, which helps with like oozing, the crusting of the ooze and building up the um, scab. Um, so yeah, there are key ingredients in there that help with the skin cells proliferation. Um, together with that, there's also an ingredient that helps to form a protective film over the skin. And this forms a barrier between the skin and the environment. So mm -hmm. your skin is less likely to less likely to react from um, environmental factors. Okay. Mm. So we do notice that those who use the serum and the treatment together, they see better results, um, especially for hardened skin patients. Um, the serum is very effective in reducing hardened skin, even more so than the treatment. Um, um, and as a standalone product um, for maybe the moderate to milder cases, that alone can already uh, kind of get rid of like the redness, the inflammation. Um, well, lots of people say, oh, wait, um, when I use the, the serum, I feel a lot more flaky and a lot more tight. Is this normal? So this is a very, um, in fact, this is the intended um, result of the treatment in that it increases your regeneration and the way the skin regenerates naturally is to flake. So it will produce lots and lots of flakes in the early stages of using it. And as your skin um, strengthens, the flakes reduce in size and amount and eventually disappear. So not to worry if you flake lots from the serum that is normal um, and the tightness, um, simply because the serum goes all the way into your skin, the deeper layers, so that moisture going all the way in kind of pulls the skin in and the tightening effect is also the skin tightening up to close the wound so while uncomfortable um it is actually really good for your skin's recovery i think as well it cj can be quite effective for those that are trying to come off of um kind of heavy moisturizers and move on to something a bit thinner, um, especially a serum. That process can be quite hard, especially going moisturized, uh, free to nothing. So it, it's quite good in helping for, um, yeah, coming off of moisturizers. Very interesting. And um, would you guys, it, it like obviously CJ is relatively expensive because I know you guys have to import it and it's not sold here apart from you guys kind of importing. Sorry, I'm talking specifically UK. Um, but is there anything, so if somebody kind of looks at the price and goes, oh, I just can't afford it, is there anything that you know is on the market that kind of might have a similar type effect, being nice and light, or is there not anything that you guys have come across yet? Yeah, um, I, I wonder yeah. if there's a nice hyaluronic acid. Um... Um, yeah, not that I know of. I guess because we both just use the serum and we haven't explored the other products. If not, yeah. we would know the market a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I don't know anything that has like, like the same effect. Just because it's it, it's a, a particular treatment serum, it's not it's used for an intended use. Um, mm, but I'm yeah. sure there's some nice hyaluronic acids out there that people can use day to day. Mm, I yeah. 
Well, it really depends on the formula. Like the particular ingredient, hyaluronic acid is very good. However, lots of products mix other ingredients in it. And maybe just one ingredient in there could just irritate tears of your skin. You never know. Mm. So I really do not know. I think that's a really good point about other ingredients, which um, hopefully I'll be exploring with Rachel Pontillo on an upcoming Mm. episode because there are so many fillers and different stuff and products which can be quite irritating. Um, I I love the way Louise right now is cooling her face down with a little cozy care product. (laughs) I know. I'm good. I love cozy care. I've got the cozy care roller. Yeah, Claire, you need to get one and everyone else. Um, I just think it's just such a cool product. I leave mine in the freezer. If I, not saying that I'm really flustered right now, but especially after work, I can get a bit flustered. So um, just, I always want to cool down my cheeks. (laughs) I love the being proactive with it as well, because I, I know I spoke to you about this, Lou, because I'm going back to work in a couple of weeks and already I'm like stressing about that. And the thing I do immediately, like rabbit in the headlights with any stress at work, obviously I scratch. Um, And I think I need to get set up with something that will just be there to help me cool down. Um, So definitely. Um, Ice it, everyone. Ice it. Don't sit with hot inflammation. Ice it. (laughs) Great, great shout um okay so come obviously we're coming into summer now um and i think sun cream is you know one of the biggest things that i'm concerned about because one i don't want to put anything on my skin that's going to irritate it um but you know i'm really conscious as well of protecting my my skin from from the sun and how it would react because it's still you know in its healing phase What, what are your recommendations for kind of summer tips and sunscreen Yeah, I mean, we struggled um, trying to find sun creams. Um, Jay, who built, and his team who who built CJ, um, are working on a sun cream that's built for TSW, which we're quite excited about. But in the meantime, I found um, a sun cream that's um, kind of made for babies, quite useful. Um, It's a brand called Child's Farm, which is quite local to me. It's um, a brand that I've been using since last year um, and I've just done an advert for them actually because it's something I've been using every day for a little while and it's been nice to find something that doesn't trigger my skin because sun creams like the chemicals yeah really difficult to find something so child's balm sun cream definitely recommend do you know if that's available um, just in the UK or is that international as well I feel like you can buy it off Amazon from anywhere, um, but it's sold in Boots and Superdrug and, and on Child's Farm website. So they're quite, um, yeah, kind of can get it everywhere, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, when I first tried it on, I was actually really surprised because I was expecting some sort of reaction. Um, but yeah, surprisingly, no reaction at all. In fact, my skin looked nicer with it on. Um, and it kind of was, was quite soothing as well. So I highly recommend it as well. And I'm very thankful that Lou lent me some of hers um, <laughs> over the weekend. I get the gift, the best free stuff. That's really interesting because I've been using uh, La Roche-Posay which, and, and uh, Avene, Avene, I don't know how to pronounce it. But they, yeah. yeah, they feel stingy, and I'm like, oh, it's just, especially when you've fought so hard to get your skin in a better place, you know, to put something on that feels stingy is just the worst. Um, 
Yeah. So I'll definitely check that out. So thank you for that recommendation. And then there's mm. anything else that kind of, as we come into summer, you guys would say watch out for or think about? Yeah, I would definitely um, also recommend still wearing hats. Um, yeah, staying stay under the shade as much as possible, even though you would like to get, yeah, well, get some sun, but maybe not too much. Um, the sea is nice. The sun and sea always is a nice combination. So take the chance to go into the sea. Maybe a short while a shot did kind of help the skin, um, especially in the later stages where you're in... Like your skin is more or less intact, just in a flaky stage, slightly flaky stage. Um, definitely not for like raw open wounds that would be too painful. Yeah, I think um a lot of TSW people like rush to to sunbathe or sit mm. in the sun, and I just really wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. TSW skin is so thin and it's not functional in the way that it should be. So, um, I mean, learn from my experience um, really early in my TSW journey, maybe month three, I sat out in the sun all afternoon and that was probably the worst flare I've ever had. So mm. just protect yourself, um, yeah. especially if, if it's higher, um, if it's really hot. Mm. Um, I mean, when I first met Jing, she used to carry an umbrella yes. around. So, you know. <laughs> so yeah. the thing was, like, I started developing these really dark spots on my skin. And this is probably more common in, like, maybe Asian skin or darker skin. And I was asking Jay, why do I have these black dots on my skin? And it just randomly appears. And he says, oh, it's actually sun damage. And I'm like, what? Like, and this can happen on skin that's already recovered, like TSW skin that's recovered. And he explained that even though my skin is intact and good now, um, it's still thinner than the average person's skin. So, yeah, even when you're better, I, I would still recommend, like, staying away from the sun as much as possible because, yeah, all these age spots are, like, appearing <laughs> on me even though I'm less than 30 years old. So, um, no, I'm not going to have more of these spots popping out on my skin. It's such a good point that you mentioned there, like, Two, two points that I'd love to cover. One, Lou, completely agree. I mean, I think I was at month three and I was like, oh, the sun's totally going to heal me. So I just lay out for a bit and oh my goodness, I was like a beetroot and that burnt for so long. And I never used to, you know, never used to burn ever, but my skin is so fragile. So complete, yeah, I had exactly that thought where I was like, ah, oh, the sun, it'll heal me. Um, and Jing, I completely hear your point there about, you know, watching what the sun is doing and actually we had a question that was submitted so thank you everybody who sent for your questions but around kind of hyperpigmentation um and does that get better at any point um i know i i've got the same have you have you seen or has jay seen cases where the hyperpigmentation has come back oh, oh, sorry come, not come back but come pigmentation back. come back <laughs> mm. well i would say Okay, so there are two types of pigmentation. One is the hypopigmentation, which is when your skin gets lighter than it is. And then hyperpigmentation, when your skin gets darker than it is. So um, hypopigmentation, um, according to Jay, it does not come back. But of course, like, we never know for sure. And hyperpigmentation is more likely to um, go away over time. So when the skin is healing, it produces um, pigment, 
And this is a naturally occurring process to protect the skin as it heals. So if you see your skin getting a little bit darker as it gets better, this is normal and in fact a welcome sign because that's your skin doing what it's supposed to do. And um, how long your hyperpigmentation stays for um, depends on how long your skin stays inflamed for. So the longer your inflammation, the longer the hyperpigmentation stays. Um, and it can take several months or even a year to completely go away. And hypopigmentation, which is when your skin turns white, um, apparently that is from scratching out your melanocytes. So that's the pigment-producing cells. And if you scratch too deep, um, these cells just go away with your skin and then um, it's unlikely that the pigment comes back. So I do have lots of these on my hands, my wrists, and these are usually found on the bony areas where it's easy to scratch deep, you know. So it is quite common. Um, but yeah, I've learned to embrace it. I don't see it as anything um, negative. So um, yeah, if you have any hypopigmentation, I think it's beautiful. Just try to embrace it and love it for what it is. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, part of your journey, I suppose. So thank you so much for that. So we, we um, so talk to me a little, I mean, obviously opening the clinic, I mean, unbelievable to go through your own and still be going through your own TSW journey. Um, and then to go to Singapore and Jing to come across from Singapore and focus on building a clinic here. You know, how are you, how are you balancing the demands of running a business, helping other people and carrying their, you know, their hopes and dreams and stress and also, you know, going through your own journey. That's huge. Um, not very well managing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I, I said to Claire the other day when you're in the the clinic I said some days I feel like I've got the best job in the world honestly I'm so grateful and I find it so rewarding and some days it feels like the worst job in the world and that's more just because it's so heavy um, anyone that runs a business will know what I mean but there's never enough time um, and also the thing with TSW is it's so volatile we can't control what happens when people leave the clinic um, and it can be quite sad. We take on a lot of, I mean, I, I feel like every person that comes into the clinic takes a part of me with them. And sometimes you have to find a way to build that back up. And we're still figuring that out, to be fair. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're trying to manage our stress. Um, mm. We're trying to manage our anxiety. We lean on each other a lot. We've got a great team. We've got great family great support so um yeah we're getting there um luckily a lot of the people that come to the, cl the clinic are just so lovely and understanding and on board and understand um, yeah yeah just uh, yeah just I'm fundamentally grateful that we have this option now available in europe and yeah like so grateful that you guys are giving us another avenue to explore in our healing journey and I hope, Lou, you know, I know your mum is a counsellor or a therapist. Mm, you know, I assume right. she's kind of helping you guys with with just finding that resilience as well and, and taking time for your own mental health because that's just so important. Yeah, mm. actually, I'm surrounded by two counsellors. Mum is a bereavement counsellor and Jing is, um, you went to uni to do counselling. So yeah. I'm kind of well supported. Um, and that what Jing has learned um, with her degree kind of helps a lot of um, the clients coming into the clinic. 
and helps me as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then what I would say is it's almost like a second arm to having your treatment done is also having mental support. Obviously, you know, mm. coming into the clinic full stop is like a mental relief to find people who understand. But yeah, to also have a conversation and get some of that support is incredible. So I am going to um, ask a couple of questions from the community. So one is any plans for any more clinics in the UK or any other locations? Well, we always, it's always our dream to open up in many locations, not just in the UK, but also elsewhere. Um, so yeah, I think like it is in our long-term plan to have many clinics around. Um, I think it will take several years maybe to open up a second one. Like firstly, we are focused on getting this clinic um, independent where it can run without us and then we can focus on like setting one out one up elsewhere um yeah it's yeah. definitely a dream to be fair and this this clinic was a dream um it was a pipe dream but then you can make it reality it just takes a yes. lot of work um and trying to find the time for that but yeah definitely something that is going to happen I think I think what's been really nice to see when I've come to the clinic is the amount of people who have traveled from Europe to come and stay in Andover and be able to access treatment. I mean, that blows my mind. Um, and I'm sure you guys have been taken aback by people who are traveling from all over the country and other countries to come and see you. Yeah, I think the furthest we've had is the US so far. Like some uh, lady has come from New, New York. Another one's coming from California. So someone from Canada. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I don't even think about how crazy that is that people are coming from that far. Um, it's well, lovely, really. Yeah. If you think about Lou moving to Singapore, I guess it's the equivalent. So <laughs> very true. Very yeah. true. Um, it's funny because I was like, oh, I've got an hour and a half each way to come and see you guys. Oh, it's OK. It's like it's manageable. <laughs> it's manageable. But that's like incredible. Um, and testament to what you guys are doing and, and how much demand there is for, for just support going through TSW. So, so conscious, I know Lou, you've got like stuff to do tonight, so we're going to wrap up. But um, what I would say is kind of, so I guess my main question would be really be, you know, if, if people want to connect with you, visit the clinic, um, how, how should they go about doing that? Yeah, so we, we're on Instagram. So I think our Instagram is skinsoliceclinic.uk. Um, or if you just Google Skin Solace Clinic, we should be one of the first ones to pop up. Um, you can find me and Jing on Instagram as well. Um, Claire, I'll give you some info so you can post it. Um, mm. I mean, we'd love to hear from anyone who feels that they might benefit from the treatment or anything mm. else that we can offer. Um, we're here for advice as well. Um, yeah, yeah, so I think we, yeah, we also are available on email. So that's info at skinsolaceclinic.co.uk. Um, at the moment, if you would like to sign up for treatment, we do have a waiting list. So you can go on our website, click to sign up, and we'll get back to you in an email about like scheduling an online info session. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is that it, it took us only nine months to be full, Claire, like full and not be not really have the space for anyone else. At the moment, me and Jing are looking for a new clinic space to expand because um, there's a lot as as the awareness of TSW grows. So does 
people getting poorly and, and some yeah. of those people will look for help and ways to manage. So, um, which is sad, but we're, we're glad to be there to help some people. So, hi guys. I'm so sorry we've got a, a bit of a weird interjection here because the Zoom dropped out yesterday. So, bless Louise, she's come back to join me again just to finish off a couple of last questions. Jing isn't with us, sadly, but um, me and Louise are just going to whistle-stop tour through these final questions. So, welcome back, Louise, and thank you for this time. Um, so, first question I just wanted to say, because I think it's really important for the community, is around, um, you know, can someone just come off of steroids and then come to the clinic and start treatment? Or would you actually say, you know, let a period of time go past so you get through the first wave of TSW symptoms? Yeah, I think that's a really important question. Um, we did have a, a kind of fast, hard rule that we wouldn't take anyone on until after six months of um, being in withdrawal from topical steroids. Um, there's a, a few different reasons for that. Um, one is that in the early stages of TSW, there is, isn't really much that you can do that is helpful and you kind of just need to ride it out. And the second reason is that, um, especially in mild and moderate cases, is that you can, of course, get better naturally. And I think as a TSW person, I would kind of encourage everyone to go through that natural process. See where you get up to. Normally, five and six months is where people get really fatigued and start to look for other options. And it's normally the break off between, OK, I can get on with this naturally or I need to look for another option. So um, we have taken on a, a few people um, early on and it hasn't worked and they've had to come back later. Um, so through experience, we've kind of learned that kind of between three to six months, I think. Um, and that's just by individual case. People reach out to you guys and kind of, you know, if they're really struggling at, you know, month two, would you consider, kind of do it on a case by case basis or would you kind of say, actually, just see if you can eke it through a little bit longer? Yeah, to be honest, um, we have had a few people get in touch early and I've just said, you know, wait it out, um, which is a really hard thing to do because in early TSW, you're desperate, but hopefully it's the right advice. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're not going anywhere. We'll be here when people need us. Amazing. Amazing. Great advice. Um, so, Louise, we, I know we briefly, we touched on this earlier around kind of coming into summer and things that people can consider just to make this period of time where it's hotter a little bit easier and I know we, we spoke about your partner Ben a little bit earlier um, and one of the things that he said he found really helpful was um, some sort of like cooling pillow which sounds fantastic can you tell us a little bit about that yeah actually he had it and I'd used it a couple of times this I think it's called um, cool pillow I need to find that for you, Claire. I promise I will. Um, and it's just made out of a material that keeps it quite cool all of the time. Not cold, but um, it stops you from getting too hot. And I think the fear is in the summer, you know, for us, any kind of increased heat makes us itchy, especially when your head hits the pillow. So, um, yeah, I really recommend it. It's quite expensive. I think it's like 35 quid, but it's a good investment. Um, it's definitely saved my skin a couple of times. 
hundred percent. I can imagine changing, well, just buying lots of those pillows and just lying on them all, <laughs> like forgetting my mattress, <laughs> sort of like a lilo of cool pillows. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. <laughs> Um, and I know, I know we touched on this previously when I've actually come and see you in the clinic, but like thinking about pollen and antihistamines, what's your recommendation about that for people with TSW? Yeah, so with every new season brings difficulty and spring, especially spring and summer is pollen. So it's definitely something we're keeping an eye on in the clinic. And based on my own experience, um, the way that pollen affects my skin is kind of different. So I would come out in in red hivey kind of patches, um, especially on my face. And um, I started taking fexofenadine, which is a really good antihistamine. And I would recommend kind of speaking to your doctor about an antihistamine. Um, Fexofenadine is, is a good one. Um, it seems to be strong enough and um, you used to have to get it prescribed but now you can get it over the counter which is quite good amazing okay cool thank you for that tip I think that's actually the majority of my questions I guess the the only other one that came through from the community was around cost of treatment where people can find that out Um, and then also just thinking about the waiting list time so should they get on you know if people would like to come and you know, even though they know maybe they need to wait a little bit longer to ride out some of the worst TSW symptoms, you know, should they get on your books now and then wait for, you know, tell me a little bit about that and how you're working that. Yeah, sure. Um, So uh, we've got a full price list online um, and the prices are kind of determined on what treatment time you need. So for example, if you're having um, just face, neck and chest, that would be about half an hour and that's £80. But bearing in mind that you come for weekly treatments and um, we've got a couple of bundle, so package deals just to help, you know, with the cost of that. Um, so I'll, I'll post a link to the price list somewhere to help. And um, in terms of a waiting list, um, this is probably the first time we've had a waiting list which seems a little bit unfair, but we're actually full, which is kind of crazy for being open officially at six, seven months. Um, but I would encourage anyone just to get in touch, you know, ask questions. We're always here. Um, we've got an application form on the website. So just fill it out. Um, we ask people to send photos and go from there. So don't be discouraged. Just get in touch. Amazing. Thank you so much, Louise. And yeah, I'm so sorry that Jing isn't here for me to say a, a thank you to her in person as well. But I guess I'll see you in the clinic shortly. Um, so um, if you like Lou said, if you've got any questions um, following the podcast, obviously you can reach out to uh, Skin Solace. Solace? Honestly, one day I will pre-pronounce it correctly. We're gonna, we, we wind Claire up that we're going to rename it just for you, Claire. <laughs> I think you have to so bad um or you know you're very welcome to send a message to me following up from the podcast and if it's something i can help with obviously i'll i'll, I'll let you know but otherwise i can always send a qu- question to louise and jing um but other than that um all of the resources that we've spoken about will be posted in the show notes so everybody can access them there um but fundamentally thank you so much louise for chatting to me again today and yeah pass my thanks on to jing but i think that was really helpful for everybody in the community 
Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much for having me back, Claire, and having us both on. We've really enjoyed it, and thank you for everything you're doing as well. Pleasure. Pleasure. Take care, Nath. Take care. Take care.